Welcome to our podcast. My name is Amelia. My name is Sherrick, and this is Amelia. And Sherrick, what are you doing? The podcast that is best user frozen before September 1st, 2121. 2121. Wow. I mean, it's good for 100 years and six months. <laughs> I'm impressed with you on that. I'm not going to fucking lie. <laughs> what, that I know that? September is six months from March. Well, no, just like that you just like immediately just countered with that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you could do the basic math, Amelia. Jesus. <laughs> just that you were just like, oh, so that's exactly this long. I was like, all right, fine. Fuck it. I don't know. Well, <laughs> Not all yeah. of my intros are winners. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know that I know that for all months, but I know that March and September are six months apart. So, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's because of my birthday. I don't know. I feel like half birthdays were a thing when we were really small, (laughs) knowing when it was. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Hi. Welcome. We're back. What are we doing? We are doing a (laughs) podcast today. And, uh, if you don't know, this is <laughs> this is a weird episode to start on because <laughs> this one's probably going to get kind of intense. Um, but yeah, welcome to Amelia and Sherrick. What are you doing? The podcast where we talk about pop culture and whatever the heck we feel like because we're adults and this is our podcast. So if you don't like it, get out of our house. <laughs> I mean, please. <laughs> Kindly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, before we get started into into things, uh I don't know. This is like a weird, it's a weird day um, already. Uh, mm-hmm. Amelia, how was your week? Pretty shitty, oh, um, which is what I say every week now. So probably just won't go into it. But basically, I was kind of sick and mainly from stress. And that's so fun. Yay. I'm sorry. Um, but uh what else oh my parents are visiting so that's nice yeah my dad is getting his covid shots here Ooh, um, okay. so decided Congrats to, to him. uh travel down and stay for a few weeks while they get that taken care of so mm-hmm. um not staying with me uh just not staying area. with me <laughs> just that would area. be insane um but yeah, so it's nice to see them, um, and hopefully they don't get too bored. But <laughs> I figured a change of change of scenery from one living room to another would would be fine for them. Would be good for them. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. How was your week? Um, you know, it's been pretty calm. I really don't have much to report on. Um. Let's see. Uh, the island is now live. We've gotten some pretty great reviews. Uh, I mean, it's been live for a bit, so uh, pretty great reviews. I'm planning on watching it very shortly, so mm-hmm. um, I'm excited to that because uh, I was explaining this to uh, I was explaining this to someone um, the other day. I was like, it's going to be different for me because normally when you do a play, you have gone through text, so you know what happens as it's happening, and you're lit. You're quote unquote living it mm-hmm. um, at, on a nightly basis in some cases. So, like 
there's, you know, you're just like, well, I, I, I'm not going to be able to see it because I'm number one, I'm on stage as it's happening. But like number two, like you already have gotten the lights and you've gotten the sound and you've gotten, you know, whatever special effects or props, et cetera, et cetera. But when this example or in this instance, um, it's different because the majority of that has been done, but like the camera angles and the sound effects were not present oh, during recording. So like, you know, we were doing the show like a, a couple of different times and there were parts where we would just like pick up and do it. And there were other parts where like, spoiler alert, where like we would just literally stop. Like it was designed to do that way. Like during recording is that we would hit a point and then the stage manager would yell hold. And then we would switch stuff around and then we would continue. So for instance, like um, uh, for those of you who are going to see it, we had two sets of props if if they were something that that we both interacted with mm. so like if there was a washcloth we had two washcloths one for each of us mm -hmm. so if there was a point where i touched it and then demonte was going to go touch it we would yell hold swap them mm -hmm. and then he would pick up his washcloth mm -hmm. not mine you know mm -hmm. what i mean but yeah it, but like from, but it would from look the, like one yeah right correct so stuff like that mm -hmm. um and so like, I haven't seen any, I haven't seen it stitched together. I haven't seen it because again, we've had three different, we had actually had five cameras. I don't know how many they use, but they're there. They have five cameras wow. present. So like, I don't know when they're going to switch to shit. I don't know what mm -hmm. sound is like. So it's like, it's, it's mm -hmm. going to be different. And, and um, it's always hard for me to watch um, myself in anything. Like, yeah. I think the only thing that I like regularly enjoy seeing myself in is that this Kohl's industrial I did <laughs> that I was showing people Kohl's rewards are evolving and it's easier than ever for our customers and for you. Like that's the only thing. And I'm like, Hey, that's kind of funny. I look good. Kind of good in that. That's fun to watch. But like anything else, I'm just thing. like, I don't know. I think it's just cause it's short and I like have a copy of it and like, I'm proud of it, I guess. Yeah. Not to say that I'm not proud of my other works, but like, I think when it's like uh, something that I worked really hard on and I did a really good job on, I feel but it's long. I'm just like, ah, this, I, I hate the choice that I made there. Like everyone thinks it's good, but I hate it. You know, like, whereas that one is too short for me to really think about like, mm -hmm. oh, I wish I would have had my hand like in my pocket there or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, in the mind of a neurotic actor, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's live. I'm excited to see it. Um, the rest of the the, the the remaining Mondays in March. So if you're listening to this in March in 2021, I will be streaming a game called Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney on the Zeldathon channel. Um, so that's going to be cool. Hopefully a couple people will join me and they'll do voices or just be general goof offs while we play uh, while I play a visual novel esque kind of game. So that's exciting. Um, our special guest just did a uh, smile <laughs> sort of. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my week. Uh, and, and without any further ado, since I just mentioned special guests, hello, special guest. Hi. Uh, guess who's back? Back again. Stoof is back to talk about things. Stoof is back. 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 Steph is back. Uh, tell us about your week, Steph. Oh, I don't know. Mine was kind of like Amelia's. I don't really have a lot to say about it. Oof. This is just going to become the, hey, Sherrick has news portion of this. <laughs> yeah, basically. basically. Just... Amelia and Steph go to work and are stressed out. 
and come back and do nothing else. Yep. I just I'm I'm just a couch at this point. I'm oh just, no. Like oh. I don't I don't really leave hopefully my not couch. not a broken one. What? I said hopefully not a broken couch. Oh no. No, I just mean that like it's too much work to work at my desk, so I work from the couch. So then yeah. when I'm done no, with work, it. then I just become the couch. Yeah. Um for real. You are one with but, the couch. Yes, I'm one with the couch. Um I did get a new desk and a new chair. Nice. Um, but I need this call got to put desk. them together and I haven't had the energy to put them together yeah. so that's been the problem um, but I'm super excited about the chair because it is it's very similar to yours Sherrick I think mm-hmm. it's a gaming chair oh, that would be very similar um, to Steph's as well it also has uh, massaging in it well, oh my gosh. I know uh, you're going to have to send me what that is, because when it comes time to replace this chair. <laughs> well, I mean, let's see how it is, because it yeah. wasn't like that expensive. So, like, we'll see. see. how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be just like this chair where they just like tossed like a freaking Hitachi in it somewhere. Just loose. Like, <laughs> I think the massages are just in the lower back part of the yeah, chair. But it's yeah. going to be like one of those like uh, Walgreens massagers that you could get for like $12 on there as seen on TV thing. That's just like, it's just like glued to the inside of the chair. No, I'm kidding. Probably. I'm kidding. I don't know. Like, yeah, it might be great. It might be awful. Who knows? We'll find mm-hmm. out. So I'll give you a full review next week of my new desk and chair. That'll maybe be some random goal that I've set for myself that I won't follow through on. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with setting my own goals. I go, but you set that. You can change it. You can just not do it. Yep. Yep. So yeah. So that's. Yep. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, maybe we should just get to the main topic, you know, to lighten this up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for for whatever it's going to to, um, lighten up. Um, so, um, we're going to scream and shout and let it all out and scream and shout and say, oh, yo, 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 cause you are now, now rocking with Amelia, Sherrick, Steph and Brittany, bitch. <laughs> I did not know where that was going, but I, yeah, I was like, where is this going? Yeah. Well, that's, 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 uh, my how this uh, show works. That's the, those are my mango strips. That's, uh, where I, I reside. So there you go. So yeah, we today are going to talk about the Framing Britney Spears New York Times documentary that came out a little over a month ago, early February. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, Steph watched it, I don't know, immediately. It was out, yeah. As like the biggest Britney Spears fan I know. Um, and I wanted to watch it and thought we could talk about it. So I watched it last night in anticipation mm-hmm. of today. Um, and Sherrick has not seen it and nope. we we're going to tell him about it and discuss. Um, but before we do that, let's talk about our experiences with Brittany. Okay. This is when I first saw Brittany Spears. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about this. So Welcome to I... Steph's book report on Britney Spears, the, the library book that she uh, got from the school library. <laughs> I was in seventh grade and I had a band concert. Um, and so it was like a thing where like you can't miss a band concert because like then you'll like fail the whole 
semester or whatever because like the concert's like the main grade uh-huh um but and sync was coming to town and so we got tickets to that and we were just like we're gonna make this work it's gonna be fine because you know like a band concert is probably pretty early like i'm sure it was at like 5 30 or some shit like that i don't know exactly the time mm-hmm. so i do my band concert and then i remember like I was in my dad's truck and I don't really remember exactly why, but like my mom must've already been down there or something. Cause it was down in Milwaukee, which was like 25 minutes away from like where I lived at the time. So he's like speeding down the freeway and I'm like changing and like putting on probably like frosty lipstick and shit. <laughs> um, who knows? Cause like it was some... what? 1998? 1998. Yep. Um, so I believe I was 13, but I, I could have been 12. I'm not exactly sure what part of the year it was, but I know I was seventh grade. Anyway, so I get to the concert and, you know, it was like, oh, I'm going to miss the opening act, whatever. Like, it's fine. I don't even know who that is. So I get to the concert and I am able to see the last song of the opening act, which is Britney Spears. And of course, her last song in her act is Baby One More Time. Oh, my and God. My life was forever changed. Yep. Because um, I just was like what is this who is this I can't believe I just missed all of this thing that I didn't know I was going to love so deeply um and yeah I just became like an instant Britney fan from there on out and I you know had every CD after that and learned you know all of the dance moves like watched her on TRL every you know day after school all of that kind of thing um, I would dance along with the videos. Like I remember specifically, um, oh God, I'm going to look like a shitty fan now. The one with the chair. <laughs> I tried, I, yes, I tried to learn that dance. I mean, it's hard because like there's parts that she does with the chair that like the chair goes flying. <laughs> Cause it's not like, you know, so you can't do that part, but like, I tried to learn the rest of it. And I just remember mm-hmm. like, I'd practice over and over and over every day after school, but like gonna sound old here but like you either had to like tape the video off tv or wait for the video to be on (laughs) there was no like just turn it you know put it on on youtube and like play it on repeat there was none of that so i would Uh just like wait for the video to be on after school and then i had to find the right chair in my house that i could make it over the back Mm -hmm. because there's like a part where she like puts her hands on the back and like flips her legs over Mm -hmm. and i just i mean I hurt myself many a time doing that, Uh um, but was like, I'm going to get it one day. And it was like a big, a very important thing for me. So it's funny because like, I'm the biggest Britney fan that you know, but like when I watch this documentary, like I am not on the level of a lot of people who are Britney Oh yeah, yeah. Like there's people out there who are like still, it's still like a huge part of their life to this day. Like it'll Uh always be part of my life, but like I'm not. Like, I don't, I don't have, like, Britney apparel at this point in my life. I'm not, like, on the highway with, like, free Britney sides, you know? But mm-hmm. it's kind of like, uh, not to stop you, but it's kind of like, um, and I'm not calling anyone out here, but it's kind of like uh, how people view, like, me and Pokemon. Like, I'm a Pokemon fan. Yeah. 
But there are people who have like Pokemon tattoos and like sure. know every like nature that a Pokemon can have. And just it's just stored intrinsic intrinsically in their head. And so they can do a speed run and be like, oh, so I know that like if I get this trainer, I have to use this, this and this Pokemon or at this time. Or they'll be like, I'm going to challenge myself to use like this, this incredibly weak Pokemon just this one incredibly weak Pokemon and make it all the way through the game, you know? And so like when people would be like, uh, oh, Sherrick, stop playing Pokemon Go. He's not a real Pokemon fan. I'm like, that's not fucking true. Like I love Pokemon. I played all the mainline games and stuff, but I'm not like, yeah, like Pokemon <clears throat> is not my fucking Bible. Like I would love yeah. for to, I would love to be as big of a Pokemon fan as everyone thinks that I am in their head. But like the end, the, the end of the day, I'm just not like, I'm like, it's, you know, like, people i think somebody said to me they were like oh i'm surprised you're not like the pokemon go gym leader in your area and i'm like listen i gotta work a full-time job and i got other interests like there are people who Mm -hmm. like straight up have nothing fucking better to do and that's not a this isn't a knock but like they have nothing fucking better to do than to play pokemon in my area in in days and times in which i'm not available so like like they're gonna beat me <laughs> how about <laughs> just we just like... stop gatekeeping fandom yeah yeah That's the thing I'm, about I'm all about it's like too. there's always a fan who knows more than you like yeah. i've never been a fan like of, i'm a fan of so many things that like, yeah. i've never been like this fan who's gonna be like i'm gonna drill all these facts into my head i'm gonna know like britney's birthday <laughs> amelia's like slightly <laughs> more on this side than me <laughs> um like i know certain things about her sure but like I don't know, like, I'm not going to win a Britney quiz show against yeah. super fans. Like, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, out of my friend group, like, I am probably the yeah. largest Britney mm-hmm. fan for yeah. sure. Like, I definitely know all of the music, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Amelia, would you like to share your experience? Okay. So, when Britney Spears came out, I remember when Baby One More Time came out, and I thought it was the coolest and I bought the CD single <laughs> of Baby One More Time. And uh, is it Autumn Goodbye? Is yes, Autumn that? Goodbye. <laughs> like the bonus track. It was such a thing to buy singles back then. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I can't love how, how much still... money they made off of us. We'd buy like right. every single and then still buy the album. Yep. Um, I didn't buy a lot of singles oh, um, over time because I was like, I had that thought. Um, but I remember being really into that song. Um, yeah. So, um, but pretty quickly after that, I started, uh, junior high is a time that I like to call. (laughs) I love it when you talk about this phase of your life. Carry on. I don't know what I like to call it, but basically I... I don't know. I just really didn't like mainstream stuff. I just made air quotes. And like, of course, the things that I did like were not as mainstream, but let's be real. They weren't like super. They were like mainstream alternative. Like they were still mainstream, (laughs) but they were like not like top 40 pop. So it felt Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. whereas I was like a full on top 40 pop fan my whole life. Right. Like, I liked a lot of top 40 music, but I didn't like a lot of pop music. I don't know. I, I'm right. trying to think of what I did cool. like at that you time. You were too cool for it. But, like, I didn't, I feel like it's hard for me to think of what I did like during that time because it was, my whole identity was basically around what I didn't like. 
<laughs> it was like I hate boy bands I hate pop music I hate I remember really hating Old Navy <laughs> what that's when like Old Navy got to be really big and those fucking flag t-shirts like their main like mm-hmm. sure thing were like every fucking wear I hated like any label basically like yeah I, I was never into labels either actually I hated I especially hated t-shirts or sweatshirts or whatever that like just had the name of the company on it sure. I was like I want my t-shirt to say something other than like I <laughs> shop at Abercrombie <laughs> I don't know I was really douchey <laughs> yeah and and so I didn't I didn't really like Britney at that much after baby one more time um and I think, yeah, I think it was mainly because I was like, she's mainstream and she's such a big deal and I don't want to and like, whatever. Anyway, um, and then I got to college and I feel like music like that became like nostalgic a little bit, especially because like boy bands weren't as big then. Like NSYNC right. had already like- over in a way. Yeah, NSYNC yeah. was not po- that- like together anymore and Backstreet Boys as we know have like never broken up really but like not had the same they weren't making music at that point no probably Um, over like it was before they started to come back right and yeah and this was like kind of the point where Britney was like sort of evolving to adulthood and as we know 2007 <laughs> Britney yep, we'll talk about we'll, we'll get there the when we talk about the doc but yeah so like it was a very interesting time to like know Britney and be a Britney fan I feel like probably but yeah I feel like mainly I met you and you were like Britney's the best and I was like why did I deny all these great things for so long just to be like edgy and cool <laughs> I don't think I even like said Britney's the best. I probably just like put the music on and started dancing around the living room and you were just like, this looks fun. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I don't, there's not like a moment or something. But right. It just like. It was just like over time became clear that I didn't give a shit about whether it was cool to like Britney or not. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm like 20 yeah. and I like Britney. I don't care. Right. So yeah. And I remember. I remember when what's that blackout came out oh my god I thought we were going to talk about this during the doc but okay I'm ready. um and that album I feel like changed my fucking life so agreed 100 um and I was really upset when they just like did not even mention it in the doc well we're gonna mention it when we get to a certain point in the doc, yes so, I it down, um, so so now I'm a huge Britney fan yeah I'm nowhere near like crazy fan um but I do like Britney and know her catalog pretty well and Steph and I went to see Britney in Vegas mm-hmm. um a uh, trip that, that I was uh supr- to be maybe your surprise very jealous to miss um but go on I don't Aww. think either of us knew that to me yeah I didn't know that I mean, Sorry. I know, I know, I know all of the reasons why I could not go, but I was like, "They're going to Vegas. And I don't get to go." <laughs> we can to, take another trip they're, someday. They're going to see Britney Spears, and I don't get to go. Oh, it was like everything. It was that trip was everything. And then when y'all like, were like, 
saying that, I was just <sighs> like, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> I'll take a trip someday. I promise. Just the three of us. That's not weird. <laughs> um, I don't think it's weird. I don't either, but that's because I don't mind being a third wheel. Uh, I feel like I would be the third wheel in this situation. <laughs> Thank you very much for trying to steal my spotlight. <laughs> my very distant happens. spotlight behind the two of you on the movie poster. That's <laughs> Where if you squint real hard, you're like, hey, that's Sherrick, isn't it? Yeah, that is. <laughs> he's in this film too. Okay, cool. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, the concert in Vegas was absolutely incredible. Yeah, we splurged and bought, like, the pit standing room only spots I was, it was say, the I kept best trying spot. to say seats but obviously there were no seats um yeah and we were so close it was so great oh my, oh god. my god it was amazing and Incredible. you've seen Brittany many many times that's the only yes. time I've ever seen Brittany live and oh, so oh my god yeah it changed my life I loved it I so mean much. just like the costumes and the set and like everything Mm-hmm. And I mean, she really crammed through her music too. Oh yeah, she hit almost everything. Yeah, that I. It was great. Like. Um, so that's what's really cool about that show. I feel like sometimes bands like they like skip like whole sections of things, and you're just like, "What are you doing?" Um, yeah. No, but I think she did a really good job with like hitting her whole catalog in mm-hmm. that Vegas show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. So fun. So- so yeah, I feel like that sort of um, that's my experience, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a good summary. Yeah. Sherrick? Um I I mean so here's the thing with me and Brittany. Um <laughs> she doesn't know who I am. Uh what? I, I... <laughs> Uh, I'm just trying to think of things to say that'll be entertaining uh, and, and somewhat factual at, at minimum. Um, my like music awakening uh, did not occur until after Britney Spears was a thing. Because a lot of the music that I listened to around the time uh, was um, more alternative rock, uh, more... Um, uh, I'll just throw band names out there to help because alt, alt rock is like a different thing now than what it was when I was growing right. up. So like your bare naked ladies, your matchbox 20 vertical horizon, like goo goo dolls, uh, six pence, none the richer, like sugar Ray, like all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, sugar Ray. Um, <laughs> every morning was the first song that I knew all of the, the lyrics to like by heart. Um, which like I don't feel like as a side note I don't feel like nobody says by heart anymore like I know this by heart like I think they're just like yeah yeah, yeah I, no I you're right I don't think people really say that as much so yeah so like every morning was a thing like a song that I knew like really really well so I didn't really know a lot of like pop music until like it's funny towards... though because like Sugar Ray's pop music Do you yeah know yeah, you yeah but you know what like, I mean you know what I mean that's like... kind of why I laughed about Sugar Ray because I was mm-hmm. like is it alternative? Like, well, they were, they were, they were, they rode the line. Like they yes, definitely, yeah. they, they kind of did what Train did in the sense that like they were more alternative rock and then they kind of leaned into and then the they pop, just yeah. full on took the right turn into Popville. Yeah. Um, 
but like you know around the time that i was listening to them that they were more con- they were more on it like the alternative rock station so like i didn't really know too much about britney and nsync and new kids on the block i didn't know anything about new kids on the block until like well after they were popular i mean that but, was kind of before <clears throat> our time yeah a little bit but like any of those kind of like boy band girl bands kind of situation until like um or like girl solo acts i should say until like towards the end of their popularity you know like we're talking about like when mcdonald's was finally like okay we can we can safely secure the rights to get a four second clip of hit me baby one more time on hit clips for mcdonald's you know like that's when i started I to like bring up hit clips they're no. so fucking hilarious to me that we were just like so starved that we couldn't like you know for for, know. for a digital thing because carrying like cassette tapes with you is so unfeasible and then same with <clears throat> cd players you know you remember mm-hmm. like those fucking cd wallets that people would have yeah just all of their favorite music and the, mm-hmm. the stuff that was burned for them which is you know fantastic like don't bring it back but also like let's remember it fondly for what it was <laughs> um so like that that i was like, okay i like this music but it was like there was so much that i was like trying to discover that it was just like okay cool britney's cool anyway i'm gonna move on because like fucking jermaine dupree or like you know like 98 degrees or like jagged edge or like you know like i have i have to catch up like i mm-hmm. my, my my relationship with music is that i feel like i am always catching up um because i'm i, I will be like oh okay like by the time that I catch up to K-pop, like J-pop will be the thing, you know, like, and by the time I catch up to J-pop, then it'll be like, it'll be back to like, it'll be like Italian arias or like, you know, like, it'll just be like, (laughs) you heard it here first (laughs) or yeah, or fucking sea shanties. Like I've been getting into the, the fucking, the Weller man. And I'm like, this is so dope. And people like, you don't know about sea shanty TikTok. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm sorry. I was in fucking time y'all. I was in fucking like lo-fi land trying to catch up when that was a thing. Like, yeah. so my relationship with Britney is as I've always been catching up. Uh, I've learned infinitely more about Britney uh, from y'all than I have anywhere else in my life. And so like, I don't know. Um, I didn't really have a side to choose during like the Justin Britney breakup or whatever, you know, like I just remember seeing like video from that from their their vma appearance where they both had like the full-on like uh denim outfits like that that's that's my exposure to that that particular period of time when they were like the power couple of you know pop music and Mm -hmm. then it broke apart and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. that's why i was kind of like i would rather go into this a bit more blind because like I don't have too much of a reference point to begin mm-hmm. with so I want to mm-hmm. learn less about what it was from the documentary and more what you t- you two who are very big Britney Spears fans got from that documentary mm-hmm. oh yeah we'll tell you yep so on that note let's start um one that. thing I forgot to mention I just oh. want to mention that this is how big of a pop fan I was my r- bedroom at home was floor onto the ceiling so floor to ceiling pop posters you know NSYNC um Britney Christina like every pop act and then I ran out of room and I started to go onto the ceiling so that's like the level that I was at yep 
but it was never just one act for me like some people were like that about just Britney yeah you know like I always had like Mm -hmm. all of these you know 90 degrees like I was a fan of multiple yeah in sixth grade that was me and the Spice Girls but it wasn't literally every they were one where I was I feel like I was actually like right on time for and I don't know why the Spice Girls were the anomaly in that situation because you would think that I would go from Spice Girls to other like you know female like acts like Christina and and Britney and stuff but Mm -hmm. for whatever reason it just didn't happen that way but the Spice Girls I was right I mean same because that was yeah right at the beginning well because like at the beginning I hated like I hated the Spice Girls because they were mainstream, but then I eventually like just liked them anyway. And yeah, I had definitely had like posters and cut uh, like rip outs from magazine just like all over my wall, but it was not floor to ceiling. It was like maybe one wall totally covered or something. Yeah, I, I had um, like a room that had like a little like jut out. Yeah. So it had more than four walls. It had like mm-hmm. six walls and it was yeah. all of them yep. plus the ceiling. Yep no joke yep um all right so framing britney spears here we go i don't know where we want to start okay well i'll start so (laughs) at the beginning they kind of show like all the free britney fans with like standing on the street and like yelling and they have like poster boards and they're screaming free britney and i think this is a good place to start because like that's kind of what the doc you know is about and sort of culminates in and it's mm-hmm. interesting because, like, for a long time, like, I've never known exactly where to stand on this topic because it does feel a bit, like, conspiracy. Yeah. Um, it feels a bit, like, like, a little too far. Like, people who it's sort of, like, well, yeah, we don't really know, you know? And right. so, like, I've never known There's, exactly where to stand yeah. on Free Britney in There's general. There's so much hidden in this that it's hard to know. Yeah, and you don't want to be, like, so far, like, down this, like, conspiracy rabbit hole that you're, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But, so that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they, one of my favorite things about this doc is that one of the main people who's being interviewed um, is Felicia. Mm -hmm. And if you are a Britney fan, you know who Felicia is. Um, I did not before watching the doc. So, well, obviously I've known about who she was since I was 14 years old. Yeah. Um, because she was like Britney's like main, she's like her assistant chaperone. And like, she would always speak about her in interviews as her best friend. Oh, okay. But she's an adult. So like, I do think like, we have to remember that like, you know, we're talking about someone her mom's age, but she would refer to this person as her best friend. So it's kind of like, and I think that that's important too, to know, like, mm-hmm. that's the main person she had to lean on most of her mm-hmm. career. Um, because, and they explain like the reason that she became like her number one person was because Jamie Lynn was so little that like Britney's parents couldn't come out on tour with her and like they couldn't chaperone her. So they asked mm-hmm. this like close friend, Mm-hmm. can you do this with her um and she like ends up doing that for like 20 years or something where she yeah. only thinks she's gonna do it for a couple of months right yeah because she starts working with her um like right when Brittany gets a record deal in yes. 1997 yes. so and then she says she's she worked with her until the end of her Vegas residency in 2017 so Yes, but in a different capacity. But in a different capacity. Um, And it's interesting because 
she kind of like in the dock tours you around her house a little bit and she has mm-hmm. like albums on her mm-hmm. walls and like pictures of Britney like everywhere throughout her house and it's just mm-hmm. kind of interesting because you're like are you a fan are you her best friend are you like an aunt to her right well and yeah she has all these like these like not just like albums on the wall like a fan would but like the platinum album and it says like the engraving is like to her yes from their um like from the record label or whatever from riaa or whatever um so but it's so funny because she lives in this town in mississippi and her house looks like a normal like it looks like a normal ranch style house and i'm like did they not pay you well like that's i don't know they yes can i interrupt for just a sec remember when everyone was scared that the raa was coming after them because of like like uh like limewire and kazaa and fucking napster like when you said that acronym out loud i was like oh fuck i remember being like like, walking to school with a friend and being like scared because like we had heard of somebody that heard of somebody who got like sued for millions of dollars by the raa because they downloaded music illegally or whatever yeah like what a time to be alive anyway sorry (laughs) go on it's fine yeah no but this yeah this woman like and all these pictures of her and Britney and Britney on tour and stuff and it's so funny because when she's holding the pictures in her hand like just regular pictures and she's showing them Mm -hmm. I recognize a lot of those pictures so like those pictures like while they look like oh just like her personal photos from like those were printed in magazines. That's how I know who she is, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, sh- those pictures were everywhere. Like, her entire mm-hmm. life was in, like, TV. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, yeah, here's Britney in a sweatshirt on the tour bus, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I have so many questions about Felicia. Um, and I do honestly, do. like, it does seem like she honestly, like, cares about Britney. Oh, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I felt like that was one of the things about this documentary, like not to get too far or whatever, that I thought was really interesting was like the people in it. Um, because yeah. obviously Britney's not in it and her family's not in it. I mean, right. other than like clips from other things, but like right. not for interviewed for the documentary. So like it's not sanctioned by the Britney Spears no. team and corporation or whatever. Right. Um, and uh and so I found it's like super interesting, like who was interviewed. And um, so like there's a level at which it's like, well, is Felicia doing this because she cares about Britney or is she doing it for money or is she doing it for like there's so many things about like that you can think about, like why are different people in this um, and what is their ulterior motive? And so that oh, just sure. adds to the level of conspiracy. I also think like she probably truly really misses Britney. Um, in my personal opinion, um, cause she's probably, she sort of like has been removed from her life. Yeah. And so I could see her agreeing to do this documentary because like she genuinely has a lot to say mm-hmm. about it and like, mm-hmm. yeah, sort of just like, I could see her being excited by being like, oh, you want to hear from me? Like, yeah, I could see her too. having kind of that vibe right. too of like being excited to be considered mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah I found I found I'm this sure the money doesn't hurt <laughs> I found this when I was scrolling Facebook this morning uh, an article from Us Weekly came up that was talking about Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child and how she's not 
she doesn't want to watch the Britney Spears documentary. And so I clicked on I it. I saw that headline, but I was like, I'm not clicking on this. So I clicked on it. About. Tell me and what it's about. Basically, she's just like, because it's not sanctioned by Britney, like, I don't feel like I should watch it. I want to respect her privacy. And like, I kind of get it, but I'm like, it can't be sanctioned by Britney. Like, she. Well, ha- right. That's just it. Like, it gives a. Right. It's like about how she's sort of like trapped, voiceless. <laughs> so it's yeah. like. Right. I understand what she's saying. Like there I do could too. be falsities uh, in this. There could be things that Britney doesn't want people to know. But like, we also all saw all this, so it's kind right. of like, like nothing in it was like surprising, really. I guess, but or new, but like altogether, I think is how it. Yeah. yeah. So and then that led me to another <laughs> article about like does Felicia still, is she still in contact with the Spears family? Um, I don't feel like she really is. And she says she hasn't talked to Brittany in a long time, but she claims that she and Lynn are like still BFFs and that they talk like a couple of times a week. I mean, yeah, that's maybe true. I don't know. But I don't think she's seeing Brittany. No, she said, she said, no, she doesn't see her. Which is sad. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like, she's sort of like a second mom to her in a way. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, you know, and I do think, like, it is a part of this whole thing, the fact that her parents were not present for most of her Mm -hmm. career. Um, And yes, like, they tried to do the right thing by, like, having this other person with her. And yes, she Mm -hmm. did bond with that person. But there's mm-hmm. still like a part of her, I'm sure, and I realize I can't speak for Brittany, but like, if you feel like your parents have like left you to this yeah. at a young age, like that yeah. affects you, you know? Right. And one thing that they mention early in the documentary is about like how her dad was never around that never much, around that he was all. like going from job to job to job, yep. and that eventually Lynn and Brittany went to New York on and off to like get dance and voice lessons and acting lessons and like he wasn't there for that stuff and was constantly like it sounds very stage like stage mom-esque but from him more so like really pushing her to like basically make money for the family yeah he basically talks about like if I'm gonna spend money on these lessons and classes for you like there needs to be like an output at the end right like, like you better it's get pretty yeah you better make some money it's like you don't yeah. like I went to dance lessons for fun I never made money dancing right like right. I did that for fun at the YWCA but mm-hmm. like it's pretty clear that Jamie is like if I'm gonna spend this money on you like you will make money doing this like there yeah. is no option right um yeah so I mean I think I'm sure there was a lot of pressure felt by her mm-hmm and I think, yeah, not having her parents around in her life when she was very young and, like, being, you know, put out on tour and all that, like, that affects you. Like, I'm right. sure it does. Right. Even if, like, she, you know, understands why and they obviously had Felicia there and I'm sure she was mm-hmm. an important part of her life, it still mm-hmm. affects you. you know? Right. And this is not at all, like, uncommon no. um, for child stars. I remember reading um, Melissa Joan Hart's autobiography or memoir or whatever Um, and she talks about how when she was filming Clarissa Explains It All that she lived there with like numerous chaperones and stuff yeah um because she has a gajillion siblings (laughs) oh really I didn't know that. yeah she has a several I mean she's like one of like 
eight kids or some shares. I don't know. And I think her parents are divorced and have, she has half siblings. So like, there's just like a bunch of them. Um, and so her parents couldn't go with her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just like, and, you know, I, and I said, oof, mostly because I didn't read that by autobiography, but I've like heard from like people that like worked on shows like Clarissa explains it all. And it was like, we didn't really see our parents. There were yeah. just people around that like our parents were cool with us staying with them. And that's how like, we just yeah. did our, ho- we just did our homework off like offset, like, right. Or whatever. It was, was, I feel like from that, it was even less of a formal arrangement than Brittany and Felicia. Like, at least Brittany had one person that was like always with her. Sure. Um, Whereas, like, it sounded like Melissa just like bounced around to different people. Yeah. And like, kind of a lot of child took care of herself, basically. And I was like, it's amazing she turned out the way she did. Um, So, um, yeah. But yeah, so the documentary, like, takes you through that and like takes you through kind of her entire career like you start with her in star search when she's like 10 yes are we gonna talk about this yes okay gonna talk about this so I've seen it as like a Facebook post going around Mm -hmm. so people so I knew this was coming I guess or I wasn't sure that it was from the documentary but I assumed so at 10 years old Britney's on star search and at the end of it and they show like a clip of her singing and whatever and then at the end of it, Ed McMahon like comes up to her and asks her if she has a boyfriend. And she's like, no. And he's like, why not? And she's like, they're mean, <laughs> which I fucking love. And as I'm watching this documentary, I watched this last night with Amber. And Amber's like, did you ask the little boy? Because there's a little boy standing next to Brittany. They're like, did you ask the little boy if he has a girlfriend? Like, just, right. you know. Like, not even just getting into the heteronormativity of it, but just, like, the fact that you're asking a 10-year-old little girl about her personal life. And then he says something about, like, her, him being her boyfriend. He then something. says, how about me? Oh, okay. Yeah. And she <sighs> says, it depends. So the thing and that it's the... it's made for laughs and... Yeah. The thing that yeah. the Facebook post, like, summarizes is basically, like, you can like watch Britney's face when this is happening and you're seeing like firsthand like a 10 year old I originally wrote down learn but I crossed it out and I wrote no you're seeing that a 10 year old already knows mm-hmm. that she has to cater to this man's feelings yep. and not hurt his feelings and not be rude and be polite like all these things that she's been taught mm-hmm. and how like even though this person's asking like a pretty gross question and like also, like, not to mention, like, not talking about her talent and how great she was, mm-hmm. but is asking her, do you have a boyfriend? And what about me? And I'm like, I don't know how old he was, but like a 70 year old man. Yeah. It's truly disturbing. Yeah, it's really disturbing. And yeah, you can see like it. You can see the thoughts like going through her head. You can of, see like, in her eyes that say? even at this age, she has already learned that the thing to do is to like either deflect or like cater to his feelings and not make him feel bad Mm -hmm. and I wrote down that we see a 10 year old girl already know that accommodating a man's feelings are more important than her own yep and it's interesting because that's like a theme of her whole career right and so you're seeing the start of it and you're seeing how that continues as a through line throughout her career and I think yes it affected her but it also affected like people like me that were a fan from the start as mm-hmm. we watch her, not from when she was on Star Search, right? But like from when she was big, 
as we watch these interviews and we watch people ask these questions of her, like mm-hmm. it is a learned behavior, mm-hmm. I think in women and we mm-hmm. learned it elsewhere too, right? Like it's not like yeah. the only, but like it definitely affects you as a fan mm-hmm. to like see the things that she's gone through. And it's like mm-hmm. this learned unconscious behavior of like, mm-hmm. well, yep. what she wants doesn't matter. Yep. If she doesn't want to talk about something, it doesn't matter. She has to answer the question. Like people mm-hmm. get to ask her these disgusting questions. Like mm-hmm. no one ever said like, yeah, why are you asking that? You know, right. like, right. Even yeah, when they show like, her talking about her virginity later, yeah, you see her asked about it. I don't know if that was the first time, but it seems like it from the way she answers. And it's mm-hmm. like, she should not answer. She right. should never have had to answer that question. Right. They ask, are you a virgin? And she like kind of pauses for a second and then right. she's like, yes, I am. And yeah, again, that was where like Amber yelled out loud, like, or how about it's none of your business? Right. But <laughs> she's, you know, and part of her image was also like this good like girl from the bible belt and so she probably felt like yep well i i don't want to say like you can't ask me that because then it's going to look like maybe i'm not a virgin yeah and so she probably thought like well the right thing to do is say yes i am and i'm waiting for marriage because that's what she's been Mm -hmm. taught and she's Mm -hmm. like that's who i'm supposed to be yeah because that's that was her image especially in the beginning was like like girl next door but like the very pretty girl next door (laughs) yeah um and the perfect girl next door I feel like they say that at one point in the documentary is that like that's her image is the perfect girl next door and that when you realize she's not perfect that's when like everything came tumbling down yes because it's like there was like a thread of like Mm -hmm. yeah and it was like a crack that like opened up Mm -hmm. um yeah and they show all these different clips of yeah like just really gross interviews asking about her breasts I remember when that was a big thing Mm -hmm. and people were like does she have implants I remember thinking at the time because like I'm also a teenager right and I'm just like why would a 15 year old girl have breast implants like it can happen don't get me wrong like there are but I was just like why are we making that assumption because Because she has yeah right that because she has like nice looking because she was thin because she was very thin with big boobs yeah but let's be real they weren't even like that big no they weren't but it was like a big deal Um, at the time I think right yeah it was a super big deal and really awkward um and yeah there were just so many of these moments that were just like that should not be an okay question Yeah. yeah and then there were a lot of clips in the documentary of paparazzi obviously Oh, yeah. I didn't even... Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Um, you have a timeline. Well, I just, like, we're getting, like, too far into it. Okay. So, I love at the beginning section of it when they're talking about, like, when she first came out and when she first became a big deal. There's a guy, and I didn't write down who he is, to be honest. I think he's, like, a journalist talking about, he said, you know, the thing that, like, really resonated with teenage girls was that, you know, she appeared confident you know, she was sexy, but she was also like at the same time, this like sweet virginal type. So it's Mm -hmm. like, she was like this dichotomy of like this sexy girl, but also like, right. She's really goofy, funny, silly. She rolled the line really well of being like, cause so much of being a woman is like being not enough or too much of something. And she rolled the line so well between all of that, that and made it look attainable. Yeah, And that's part of the problem. And I think it's interesting because one of the things that like changes significantly later 
at the beginning she very much looked like she was in control and Mm -hmm. I think um they talk about how like you know that's a big thing I think for Mm -hmm. teenagers is because like as you're growing up you're learning like Mm-hmm. do I get to like take control of my life kind of mm-hmm. um you sort of want to be adult mm-hmm. but you're also still a child mm-hmm. and I think that's really what resonated for me is like not that I'm like having this thought consciously right but like subconsciously right. I'm seeing someone who is like commanding the stage she's in control she gets to wear what she wants to wear she gets to dance how she wants to dance and she doesn't care what anyone thinks about it yep at that time mm-hmm. right at the beginning and that was what's so attractive about her mm-hmm but she was so powerful that like over time people had to like pick that apart. Yeah. Like it wasn't enough for her to just be yeah. like in control and, mm-hmm. you know, lead her own destiny. So, mm-hmm. cause there's a backup dancer who's talking about, he's like, you know, people think of Brittany and I'm just like, but when they show the years that he was her dancer, I'm like, right. Because you're talking about Brittany when she was the boss when she right. was in control and right. she was like right because he was a her dancer like from the beginning to like 2004 right I'm like, like that yeah. and it's good to like have that perspective as well but like yeah. he was like oh yeah she made all the decisions yeah. like if she didn't like how this was going she wouldn't do it um right and they kind of show a few clips of her like clearly like practicing for tours and stuff and then like there's a couple times where she's being called the diva mm-hmm. which it's like you know, that's another thing that women have to deal with is if they're like, no, I don't like how that looks. Like, I want my show to look like this. Like, it's like, oh, you're such a diva, Brittany, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. Yeah. Kind of reminded me a little bit of Madonna. Because remember back mm-hmm. then people would compare her to Madonna. Mm-hmm. Now, Madonna is much older and she is on such another level of like, yeah, knowing what she wants and like being like very um, meticulous right. about it. Right. But it's interesting to see this young Britney like start to toe the line into like, well, I know yeah. what I want my show to look like. And then right. obviously know what happens right. later. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, I don't know. Do you want to get, where do you want to go? Well, now? I think we need to talk about Britney and Justin next. Okay. So one thing that I thought was interesting that they do not mention at all in the documentary. I remember from personal experience and being there. It was a secret for a very long time. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about that. They're just like, oh, and then Brittany and Justin were together. And I'm like, no, it was a secret. A mm-hmm. lot of people speculated it for a very long mm-hmm. time. And like it was mm-hmm. being reported about. But honestly, most of their relationship was a secret. Like yeah. by yeah. the time that they were like out as a public couple, like they were only together for a little bit longer until they broke up. Mm-hmm. Which I think is important, too, because it obviously, show, obviously shows that, like, once they were public with their relationship, the pressure yeah, that of, like, this pedestal that people had for them being, like, right. this super pop couple. Right. Well, just, and, yeah, like, somebody, was much. somebody was talking about how, like, we don't, I think it was a reporter, was, like, we don't have royalty in the U.S., but this is, like, as close to royalty as we have. And it's yeah. so true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. We find a celebrity to like idolize like royalty. Mm-hmm. And that when two mega celebrities get together, it's like you're it's our- like a huge deal. I mean, yeah. I feel like from like that time, like the only ones that I can remember is like Brittany and Justin and then like Brad and Jen Brad and Jen. Like a huge yeah. deal at the time too, yep. right? Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. And I like okay, so here's after this documentary came out, that's was like one of the main things that I felt like I heard about it was like, just like Justin 
apologizing and like Justin, like people seeing Justin differently after watching this and stuff. And so I expected a lot more than what is actually in the documentary. That I could they, see that. Yeah. They don't actually talk about Justin that long in the no. documentary. But um, it's a very pivotal point. Yeah, it is. And that's why I think, and I also think because like, we don't have paparazzi that we know by name that we can like go after and say like, look what you did. Yeah. Right. So right. like the paparazzi is this overall group and they're a big right. part of what happened, but you can't mm-hmm. like really like be like, I'm calling for the paparazzi to like apologize. F- yeah. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. But yeah. So like, t- I guess to me, like, so what they talk about in the documentary is that they were this couple and they were together and then they broke up that everybody blamed Brittany for the breakup and that the narrative is, and they didn't like say, I mean, they talked about like cheating and like whatever, which, but they don't like specify, but like the story, the narrative is that mm-hmm. Justin and Brittany broke up because she cheated with him on uh, with uh, Wade Robson, Wade Robson, the choreographer. Uh, choreographer. I was like, wait. We don't actually know if that's true or not. And we know, yeah, we've never known if that's true or not, but that's been the narrative. Um, And so, like, that's, that was what the point was in the documentary is that, like, it's all blamed on her and that there's all these, like, cheating speculation and that, like, it's just all about how, like, heartbroken Justin is and how she's a slut and, like, all this stuff. I honestly feel like remembering it from the time, I feel like it was less about Justin being heartbroken and more yeah. about Brittany being a slut right yeah like I don't really remember the Justin part of it and then I do remember um the Crimea River music yeah. video um where there's a, a woman in it that looks very much like Britney Spears and so that's it's, a oof yeah that that video when you watch it and see that as Britney and you like listen to the lyrics and the timing of it and everything like yeah it's a big like oh yeah that's this is not great well um, it's funny because I remember at the time like thinking like oh my god that's so like not that it was cool but like it was like exciting yeah right it, yeah. like it was yeah um Quite frankly. I love it was that like, the guy called it a male revenge fantasy it was, was basically yeah yeah that that is exactly what it is like yeah yeah and like And so for me, I guess I didn't come out of that feeling like, oh, I hate Justin now. I came out of it being like, I hate the media. I hate the paparazzi. And also like that, those weren't like, those weren't good decisions. But I also feel like a similar documentary could probably be made about Justin Timberlake. I was going to say, like, I I mean, I'll I'll say it because I learned about the whole Britney Justin situation after I learned about the the Justin Janet Jackson thing. Mm -hmm. Basically, everyone was like, oh, it's Janet's fault for this, that and Mm -hmm. the other thing. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, nah, my dude is just kind of into whole like female like revenge fantasy or male revenge fantasy kind of things, I feel like, Mm -hmm. because this is the second time he's done this shit publicly and mm-hmm. he's old enough and at least has been around the game long enough like i, I i'm not gonna lie i like sexy back i like you know there's a couple other yeah. justin timberlake songs mm-hmm. that i like but like my dude knew what the fuck he was doing in both of those counts like especially you can, the janet thing he was older yeah 
yes especially the janet thing so like right you know it's kind of like a situation where it's like yes it's the media's fault for making it a huge fucking deal but like he could have very well easily if he was going to make cry me a river and do a music video he could have easily picked somebody who didn't look anything like oh him. yeah for but sure that was the you know whole, i mean that, that was, was the whole i know point. but that, that's um, what i'm saying is that he yeah. knew he was around the game long enough to know right. what the fuck he was doing and so there's right. yeah, not really did. much of an excuse for that he right. could have picked somebody who looked like christina who he didn't really have much involvement with or like i'm just saying like he wanted to pick somebody like famous looking to be like similar in the video he could have picked like someone who didn't look like fucking britney spears yeah. you know like i, I guess point. for me like yeah i'm not excusing him or apologizing for him i know you're not i'm just saying like, like i blame his ass for i'm that. just <laughs> saying that like i don't completely blame him for everything because he's also a cog in a machine he is and it's interesting so i also watched this film which i highly recommend to everyone the boy band con last night for my second time i obviously watched it when it came out i think it came out in 2019 Mm -hmm. Um, and it's on YouTube and it's produced by Lance Bass and it's all about the boy band machine. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was interesting to watch these two together and yes, they were taken advantage of as well. Mm -hmm. I do think it is quite different the way that, yeah, it is absolutely. They were taken Mm -hmm. advantage of as a male group versus the way that Brittany was taken advantage of is completely different. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And and my point real quick, uh, is that like. I agree, Amelia. He was a cog in the machine, but however, he was a he he was a cog with a bit more wiggle room in terms of. Oh yeah, for do. sure. And I know you're not saying that. I'm just no. trying to make that point. No, but clear, I also is that like that like yeah, he was also a young person who had been taught for most of his life to like say what they want you to say, do what they mm-hmm. want you to do. Yeah. So like to me, I just don't like. I think it's. His, his apology for that that he just released is like way overdue yes um yeah. and like all of this shit like i'm not excusing it at at mm-hmm. all i'm just saying that like it's not as cut and dry as i love no, no. i hate justin no right. not at all and i even um, think like at the time i didn't feel one way or the other then either like i was consuming justin's music i was consuming britney's music Mm-hmm. I thought the whole thing was interesting. Like I was, I was never quite sure where to stand. Um, mm-hmm. I do think the one thing that he did that is the worst is the radio interview. Yes. Um, so they show a bad. clip of a radio interview and they ask him if he had had sex with Britney Spears. Cause obviously up until this point, her virginity is a main part of her brand. Right. Um, and just like many other young stars, it gets to a point where like, it's not really like, she probably wouldn't be talking about it anymore because mm-hmm. she's several years older, but everyone mm-hmm. is still talking about it. And it's like, mm-hmm. the media thinks that we get to know whether she's still a virgin or not. And it's mm-hmm. like, no. and it's, you know, same thing with Jessica Simpson, the Jonas brothers, everybody else, mm-hmm. where it's just like, people are demanding answers. Well, when did you lose it? Well, who was it? And it's like, you don't get that information but the media was relentless with it so they Mm -hmm. ask him did you have sex with Britney and he is laughing and says yes Mm -hmm. and so you know in a lot of ways that was taken as like Britney's a fraud like a lot of people felt that way Mm -hmm. like she's been putting on this image and Mm -hmm. she's a fraud Mm -hmm. because she's been having sex and that was time that was so gross it's Um, truly disturbing right yeah um yeah. Um, another reason that I think 
so the fact that I watched these two documentaries both last night, it's interesting to see how like, okay, so if you're in a group, you have other people your same age that you are bonded with in this experience. Right. You're going and through I, this crazy situation together. And I think like yeah. when you think about all the like child stars that you think of that like truly struggled, like a they are all are, like yeah. solo acts or actors who were on their own. And you think about like, mm-hmm. they're like a literal child who has become a money-making machine and they're like mm-hmm. with adults all day long. They have yep. no like yep. social interaction with people their own age. And it's mm-hmm. just- that's why like the whole thing with Felicia like yes it was great that she had someone there for her but like it was still an adult like she didn't right. have right like a childhood and that's true for a lot of child stars right like they just don't have a childhood because like they're yeah. like just shot into adulthood mm-hmm. um, so I do think like it's different for a band because at yeah, least they were sure. together you for know sure. it's different for a band it's different for men it's different yeah yeah like there are different reasons but um yeah it's also just so gross to think about like all of these like execs and people around who like saw this like talented young human being and thought this is my way to make money is by forcing yep. this young human being who doesn't know much about the world uh yep. into this this the, in, in, essentially into what 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 i think steph you said it is this money-making machine like yep. this human that's what this it is living breathing yep. human being Yep. For, who like has the the rare uh, and less rare now um ability because i think it's rare then because it was so hard to like become quote unquote become famous as opposed to it is now but like the rare human be uh talent of being an excellent singer and then being also conventionally attracting according uh, attractive according to the media uh, you know and also is is a young person who will go oh you're an adult you're telling me that I should do this yes I will do that that makes sense because all I've wanted to do is be famous or you know insert whatever American dream or whatever Mm -hmm. has been implanted in their head you know Mm -hmm. it's so Mm -hmm. gross yeah think about that they were literal like human beings who were like I I could do something but this is easier for me to just make like manipulate this young human being into right getting me money you know mm-hmm. like and some mm-hmm. people say oh well it's a business and they've got to make blah 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 and this and that and the other thing but like just because it's the business doesn't mean it's not fucking gross mm-hmm. like, yeah and not to does- mention who they were selling it to i think that's right. important as well like mm-hmm. yes they exploited britney but they were selling her to teenage girls and yeah. you know first idolizing her and then showing her and being like she's not good enough she's now she's yep. too fat now her breasts aren't right and so you're just like, wait, this is like someone that I idolize. And now you're telling me that they're not pretty enough and they don't look good. Right. Like, what so does that have mean about harder. me? Yeah. What does that mean about me? And you're just like watching them like pick apart right. her body. And you're just like, yeah. you're learning all these things about like, mm-hmm. she's not good enough. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand, you know, mm-hmm. and it's truly a whole generation of people that have been affected by that, I think. Yeah. For them to make a buck people and argue that different we've we've like there have been a lot of idols that have been picked apart oh yeah um, for sure that we've all learned let's a lot of even, these lessons let's not even but... get into j-pop idols because holy like because <laughs> um... no like you laugh but I'm, I'm like dead serious like oh yeah i'm sure i just don't know anything like, about Asian right yeah as, as, <laughs> wait i'm as, sorry no, no. i thought this this is real j-pop idols yeah it's not okay, just see, it's I not just music heard of this yet so when you know it's j-pop joke at the beginning i thought that was like 
Well, the no, new that, thing after K-pop is going to be J-pop. No, oh, Japanese J-pop? pop is a thing. Got it. I feel like that was first. Yes, I didn't. Know oh yeah, that sure. That. For I'm sure, sorry. for sure. Yes, but I'm my aware. point is, is that there are like idols in Japan, specifically mm-hmm. in Japan, but like probably other other like Asian countries as well, who like they are they are essentially like you know put into like groups and things like that yeah. from like eleven to thirteen years old, and then they're at one point they're just like, oh well, okay, well you're you're too old now, so here's the new one. You're out there in like it's yeah. like it's like a fucking conveyor belt, yeah. and they are just way more like. Mm-hmm way more disgusting about it and just like a, mm-hmm. in, in callousness and like mm-hmm. i'm not saying that america is better than japan or, or vice versa i'm just saying like like we're seeing this about britney spears mm-hmm. who was arguably somewhat older than like some of the literal children that are yeah. being treated this way in japan yeah. and then as soon as like they're mm-hmm. like 13 and a half years old or as soon as they gain like like a kilogram mm-hmm. over what what it says on their idol sheet or whatever some guy just literally goes to their house and says you're done yep yeah and they make up some bullshit excuse as to why like that person is no longer in the idol group and like they they're just literally just tossed on their ass and it's like monday you were you had all these chaperones and people and all these friends in your idol group and tuesday you are by yourself yeah point blank period and i think and that's like, like- it's crazy i think that's one thing about this documentary for me is that like this story is unique in that like everybody's story is different and like the whole conservatorship thing which we haven't gotten to yet makes it very unique um but in a lot of ways the story isn't that unique because like there's so many stories about people in entertainment industry that um like have been messed up and taken advantage yeah, of and definitely. you know like Judy Garland um you know like just so many Elvis yeah. like we this goes back years and years and years yes. and years and years and and so like they're just that it's not unique and that's what makes it so awful in some ways yeah um I mean it's awful that it happens to one person but it's it's really terrible that it just continues to happen over and over again so yeah I I do think it's like right at this time too Mm -hmm. that's like the perfect storm of like right as the internet is starting to become a thing yep people are still buying printed magazines though so Mm -hmm. you have it like kind of everywhere and it's just like yeah kind of this perfect storm in like media taking over our lives in terms Mm -hmm. of like accessibility to media Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I mentioned... think too, like the paparazzi, like starting yes. to learn, like yes, how much money they can make from right. this. This was like the height of paparazzi. Yes. And it was sort of, and they, I don't, they didn't know it necessarily, but it was sort of the last, last gasp for, for paparazzi. Not that paparazzi doesn't still exist; it does, but like the internet is is different. Does make it different now. Um, to yeah, because different- I think social media makes it different because stars are putting their own selves own out there. Up. Yeah. Whereas, like before, people had like an Instagram or whatever to show their self and like show mm-hmm. themselves to their fans. It was like you mm-hmm. don't get to hear from her, 
right. until you see you, an interview. So right. it's like them being like, look, this is what she was doing today. Right. Cause that's, I mean, that's a lot of paparazzi. Like that's what would get a lot of money is shots of them like coming out of the grocery store and like getting gas and shit like that. Cause it's like stars, they're just like us. And now we can go on Instagram and be like stars. They're just like us. They're on Instagram making mm-hmm. pancakes for their kid or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, there was actually um post, I think it was the, maybe like a Washington, like uh, it was like the, the, not the Washington post, but like the, uk post or something some sort of tabloid in the uk that posted a picture of uh jonah hill mm-hmm. and he was yep. out surfing i'm sure y'all probably have seen this i did yes and he was talking about how like tabloids like them i'm not, i'm paraphrasing it extremely here but like tabloids like them made it incredibly difficult for him to have any sort of self-confidence in his body because they would take pictures of him with his shirt off at the gym or on the beach and like all he wanted to do is go fucking surfing you know and mm-hmm. they're just like out there being like look jonah hills you wait yo-yoing again or some bullshit like mm-hmm. that and how he was like i'm so glad that y'all posted mm-hmm. this because now i can tell other people that like they should have confidence in who they are and like mm-hmm. not wear the shirt if they want to or wear the shirt if they want to because mm-hmm. like he was like I'm 39 years old and I finally feel good about myself yeah. and I was like 39 year old, years old is a great time to finally feel good about yourself but it's also sad because like he, that's yeah. look, like think about how long he's been cognizantly alive and aware of his, his body and how that's been robbed like yeah. and like it's it's so sad, not just for Jonah Hill or Britney Spears or Christina or any J-pop idol, but also because, to Steph's point earlier, like, look at all the people who are looking to them mm-hmm. and saying that is someone that's like a role model for me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm watching this role model get fucking picked apart because they decided to go to 7-Eleven without any fucking makeup on and mm-hmm. someone took a photo of them at an unflattering angle, like, mm-hmm. what does that mean for me, a yeah. nobody who is like, in right. this day and age, thinking about starting to post more on, on TikTok or starting to post mm-hmm. more on Instagram or on Twitter or yeah. any social media, like it, it fucking ruins so many people. And I think that's mm-hmm. what's especially disgusting about that is that like you do it because you're like, oh, well, it's entertainment, but it's like entertainment, but it's also it's a sick form of entertainment, but it's also a shitty form of of uh, basically teaching people to hate their bodies you know like or I think also for women not only their bodies but like their face without makeup like that's been a big thing for me because like they Uh used to show these tabloid photos all the Mm -hmm. time of like look at stars without makeup Mm -hmm. and insinuating that they were like hideous Mm -hmm. um and I do think it was a little bit before the social media era because now I think people post like stories and stuff where you'll see their like quote-unquote real face like their naked Mm -hmm. face Mm-hmm. more often but I feel like mm-hmm. at that time it was like you never saw these people without makeup and then they would show these images where the paparazzi caught them at the grocery store and it's like oh my god look at her face right and so for someone who consumed that I learned from that like I cannot leave the house without makeup that's what I was like taught you know yeah and so it's and- taken like a long time to learn like my just face is okay like it's okay to just have a face and not paint anything on it it's It's okay to have a face stephanie 2021 i agree (laughs) i a thousand percent agree yes i totally agree there's one more thing that i I wanted to throw out there too is that like the the effect on that isn't just that it's also now because we like we saw and we didn't really have the forums to do this when we were growing up but like 
we saw the paparazzi being like, ew, look at Britney Spears and this. She was caught at pick and save doing this thing. Mm -hmm. Look at her face. No makeup. And now like somebody will post a picture on Instagram being like, this is my no makeup look. And there's some fucking rando that's like, ew, go die. Or like, ew, go like something like, ew, go burn your face or something like Mm -hmm. that. Like there's just so much like disgusting behavior that was taught as as this is an okay thing to say to a human being point blank period like Mm -hmm. not just a femme presenting person but like a human being where like if you don't get what you want out of them as far as an interaction on the internet Mm -hmm. it's okay for you to tell them to do harmful things to themselves or to others that's the thing is that yeah like internet trolls learned how to do this shit from tabloids i mean other it's places too societal but behavior it's, yeah it's a learned behavior that it's okay because it's anonymous because like well, paparazzi is so That's anonymous you too you get to yeah. attack celebrities like they've right. learned you know unconsciously learned. this is what they, they signed up themselves for out. yeah they shouldn't yeah. put themselves out there if they don't want to get blah yep. blah blah yep like, exactly um yeah it's so gross so yeah a big chunk of this documentary is about paparazzi and how like at first she would like be really friendly with them and nice about it and they show this Oof. clip of her like getting mcdonald's or something like something through a drive-thru and the paparazzi around and she's just like hi guys and like right. whatever and like cute and whatever and then as time goes on especially once she like gets married and starts having kids and whatever that it's like invasive and it's hard and there's this one interview where she's pregnant and um I know I'm skipping ahead like a little bit but I think it's with Matt Lauer I think and he says something about how like do you do you wish the paparazzi would leave you alone or something like that and she's like crying and she's like starts crying and starts sobbing and is basically like yeah that's my greatest wish (laughs) yeah um and it's just awful and it's just yeah it's just really awful and then Uh, like they talk to this guy who's a paparazzi photographer i was gonna bring that up yep and oh my god oh my god this fucking guy like at the beginning when he first starts talking you're like okay like i get he it like a, he seems like a nice guy he like seems he like a decent has, like, person he just jovial. like yeah, yeah needs to make money like i kind of get it or whatever but by the end of it he like is so reflective yep like, the way that they because they kind of ask him pretty point blank questions about like do you feel bad about any of this and he's basically like no like I just so it's it's interesting because when they first interview him he's talking about like at the beginning like when Mm -hmm. she was happy and she liked seeing the paparazzi and she would like and so they're showing the clips of her like waving to them and so you're thinking like oh this guy gets it by the end of this film he's going to be saying something different right Mm -hmm. and so you're like oh he lived it he experienced it you know Mm -hmm. he was a part of this machine and like also Mm -hmm. was just there to make money and it's mm-hmm. interesting because he talks about, which I think is probably true about a lot of paparazzi, like, I didn't want to be a paparazzi. I wanted to be a filmmaker, but that didn't pan out for me. And, like, this is how I needed to make money. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about, oh, like, she loved it. Like, we were, he almost has an idea of, like, that they were, like, I don't want to say close, but, like, he talks about her like she would know him. Right. She He's made like, it oh, sound you know, like I worked on her for many years. And, yeah. And it's, like you're not her friend dude no but he almost has like he doesn't say it but he almost has this idea that like well I'm an exception right like I'm a yep. good 
person. I but, didn't yeah. do anything. Like the paparazzi you know? aren't great, but I was okay. Kind I of. I was okay. I never, you know, yeah. and then they show him like slightly over time, like different clips of him talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe we're jumping ahead because I don't want to get too far, but we'll bring him up again. Mm-hmm. But it's very clear by the end that he has no understanding of what he's done. He has no understanding of that he was a part of that. Which mm-hmm. is so interesting because he, at the beginning, is talking about that he was a part of it. But by the end, you realize he thinks he's the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. He thinks, oh, mm-hmm. it's horrible what happened to her. But, like, I wasn't a part of that. And you're like, yeah. but you yeah. were. Yeah. And the just the verbal gymnastics that he's, like, going through at the end to, like. Oh, yep. Because yeah. I, they ask him. Yeah. They're like, well, she never asked us to leave her alone. And then the interviewer is like, what about when she said, leave me alone? And he's like, well, you know, like, and he just like, yeah, goes on this he was thing like, where sometimes like, she would say like, can you just leave me alone for the day? She never said for forever. She never and said, was like, leave me alone forever. And you're just like, dude, do you know why she said like, please just leave me alone for the day? Because she knew like, because she knew you guys wouldn't. And that, like, this this was her at her, like, exasperated point of just being like, can you please just, like, give me a fucking day? It's just such a good little, like, window into, like, misogyny and, like, consent. Yep. And yep. just this idea that, like, she has to scream at you no for you to stop. And even then, Man. which she does later, scream mm-hmm. at him, specifically the guy who's being interviewed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. to leave her alone and he yeah. still doesn't think that he has done anything wrong right yeah I mean I don't want to skip ahead too far but like there's a pretty famous incident caught on yep. tape we'll get back to it we'll okay. To it. okay okay I think we're at Kevin Federline I guess okay we're at KFed <laughs> I Which like I have to be honest, I don't really have him. an opinion of him. Real quick, no. uh, just gonna f- fucking um, spring a surprise. Amelia's wrestling corner on you, because <laughs> uh, Kevin Federline once was involved in, in an angle with a wrestling savant and all around you can't see me man, John Cena. I did uh, not know that. Yeah, and wow. I was actually going to bring it up in case y'all didn't talk about Kevin Federline, but man's uh, here's my main opinion about man's is that he uh straight up saw britney spears as his ticket to fame and nothing less than that and she i wish you know feel like was uh, you know i can't say what britney spears's feelings about kevin were or are at the time uh, at Mm -hmm. the time but like i really wish she hadn't fucking met him (laughs) because he's so fucking gross anyway don't i don't yeah i mean for me the thing that's super gross about K-Fed is that, like, he does seem to, like, quote-unquote star jump a little bit. Yeah. Um, Because he was, they weren't ever married, right, Char? Is that her name? I don't know. The person he was with before Britney and had multiple children with, I think. At least one. At least one. Know. She was pregnant, I think, when he left her. Yeah. Was an actress not a huge star but i forget what show she was on some tv show that i had heard of so it's like at least there's that and you can look it up i don't remember anyway speaking of looking things up real quick i i i need to correct myself earlier he was not just involved in angle with john cena uh on uh 
January 1st of 2007, he was in a match with John Cena. Oh, with, God. And, and uh, <laughs> thanks to some outside interference on his behalf, he actually owns a pinfall victory over the 16-time world champion. That's anyway, ridiculous. go on. Yeah. Yeah. So he was engaged to Shar Jackson and has two kids. The couple separated shortly before their son's birth. Um, and after the separation, he started dating Brittany. And that she said that she basically was like, Brittany broke up my family, essentially. And yeah. And I don't know what he's done really that much since, but um, yeah, it does feel a little bit like he sort of bops around to different celebrities yeah. and. But as far like at least as far as reports go, which who knows, she, she and Kevin at least now seem to have a fairly like amicable. Yeah, I think so. At this relationship, point. I mean, there were points where it was not. No, for sure. Yeah, because when she, yeah, there's a whole thing in the documentary about how like they don't even really cover them dating. Just all of a sudden, she's engaged to this dude, and which is kind of how it felt. It kind of did um, feel like that. I think. I mean, you could, you can see a pattern with Britney, just like you can with other stars of like seeking out a relationship for comfort because yep. they do feel so alone. So I don't yep. know why we constantly judge them for that because, yep. and yep. we do, right? Same thing with yep. Taylor Swift, where we're constantly, people were judging her for like having a new boyfriend and it's like, they literally have no one. And so I can see how like they're craving that connection. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I think in Britney's case, like, she was taught to seek male approval. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, we taught her to do that, like, we as a culture, and then mm-hmm. she does it, and then we, like, make fun of her for it. And it's yep. just, like... Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So then they they get married, and they have two kids very quickly. Um, Real quick. And, and this is so a very... This is a pretty short span in the documentary, too. And then she files for divorce. Yeah. Um, and asks for sole custody and then he asks for sole custody and this custody battle goes on for a long long time and this is what brings us basically to 2007 they don't talk about and I don't remember the exact year when it happened but they don't talk about in the documentary when she got married to that other guy for like a day no Jason but it's interesting because like both with Kevin and then that guy was like her childhood friend you mm-hmm. can tell that, like, she's choosing these people because they sort of feel, like, home to her. Mm-hmm. like, you know, Justin was a pop star. He was, like, a totally mm-hmm. different thing. And so then she's, like, sort of craving, like, she, you know, her lost, but... like, an- anonymity. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, she anonymity. just was from this small, sleepy town. And, yeah. like, she just, like, walked around without shoes on. She's, like, craving, right. like, this feeling of home and, like... Right not being this glamorous pop star all the time and so she's like attracted to these men who feel more similar yeah to what she's used to I think you can make the argument a little bit with Justin too though because she knew Justin from Mickey Mouse Club you're right and like even though that was entertainment it she wasn't like super famous from it they didn't get like super famous from that and so he was comforting too like you're right you're right she knew him at a very young age he was as we know in the Britney Lifetime movie, like yes. a complete goofball and weirdo like her. And so yeah. I think they bonded on that. And he's mm-hmm. also from the South. So I think they have like similar. Mm-hmm. And know, he was going through mega stardom too. So I actually right. think like they had more in common than probably some no, of these other No, you're right. Dudes. And then I think 
when they broke up and he just like sailed on ahead of her I'm yeah I truly like it's funny because he talks about being heartbroken like I think like it truly like hurt her so bad yeah um yeah not just the breakup but just like the way that everything went after that you know yeah where he very much was like seen as better than her and yeah so yeah but yeah so this takes us up to basically 2007 whereas like pretty much the entire world knows that um like she shaves her head and everybody sees it as this like crazy move and then um and then the the like pretty famous footage of her like getting mad at paparazzi and jumping out of her car and hitting this other guy's car with an umbrella and it turns out to be this this guy who's interviewed in the documentary the paparazzi who's the being paparazzi interviewed. that's interviewed in the documentary is the guy it is his truck that she like attacks and when they show this footage there isn't like a horde of paparazzi there like no. there are other times where they show like just like where she dozens can't even move. you can't yeah. even move and this this clearly is like him and maybe a few other people it's not a lot of paparazzi following her to this gas station and so for him to be like, well, I'm the exception, and she gets out and just freaks the fuck out on them and like starts right, hitting his car with an umbrella. Her car with an umbrella. She wants to be left alone. Yeah. And it's funny because he talks about like, he's like, oh, I just asked her how she was doing. And it's like, no, you were videotaping her through the windshield of the car when she was clearly in the car crying mm-hmm. and did not want to be seen. Yeah. Because she this, knows well, like you're not her friend and you're going to sell this footage. Like right. she's. Well, and I didn't know this, but this, like, this footage is of her and a friend, cousin, yeah, something, driving to K-Fed's house to try to see her kids, and he won't right. let her. So this is after, so the paparazzi followed her to his house, see this all go down, and then they, like, stop at a gas station afterwards, and the paparazzi are filming her, and are like, how are you doing? Um, I'm pretty shitty. My ex-husband right. just told me I can't see my own kids. Well, and like her friend comes out. So her friend goes in to probably pay for the gas or something and then comes out and is like, please leave her alone. Please leave her alone. Like she's asking multiple times, multiple times. And like, they won't stop. And so it's just so funny that like, we're all like, oh, she's so crazy. And it's like, no, like these people have been like terrorizing her for right. years. Right. And there's a reporter in the documentary who says something about that, how like this whole period of her life, cause she like goes, she goes into the hospital a few times during this, usually an involuntary hold. And, and so like this reporter talks about how like the media portrays this period of her life as like, yeah, Britney's gone crazy. She's insane. Like all this stuff. And he's like, nobody talked about like mental health. I mean, not like in a real way. Mm -hmm. Um, And nobody talked about how like, this is 10 years of this shit culminating and her just like having enough. I mean, how else else do you better make someone... Uh, you know who is trying to defend themselves look like you know like like take the power from them as you try and convince mm-hmm. the whole world that they they're unstable mm-hmm. that they're not well that like you're trying like it's mm-hmm. the same thing with like concern trolling with people online it's like i'm just trying to help you and it's like no you're not you're mm-hmm. taking power from me you're taking what i like yeah you're taking, like peace and sanity away you're taking peace and sanity away from me like if 
if mm-hmm. Britney was mentally un- unwell, it was it I, it had no small part to do with the people who were constantly terrorizing her. And, yeah, exactly. You know, like doing this. So like if right. she was or is at any point in her life, it is not because of some sort of like, right. you know, bullshit other than what like the paparazzi and like all these people who are treating her awful uh, were doing. It, it's all it's it's it has I would I would attribute all of that to them personally. Mm-hmm. And, as a quick aside note, I just want to say that we were like anterior notes towards the beginning of this. And now we're just like talking about how like all these people terrorizing. This, 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 this I mean, just to, like, I mean, yeah, at one, like halfway through this documentary, we paused it so that Amber could go to the bathroom and her husband, Nick was watching it with us. And he was like, well, that was a cheery first half an hour. And I was like, this like it's like he assumed that it was going to start getting better at some point and I was like it doesn't no and I was like Nick do you know anything about Britney Spears (laughs) it's so interesting because like I definitely didn't know about mental health at this point and I think a lot of us didn't in terms of like realizing that that was something that like affects a lot of people like I think Mm -hmm. it was something that like was seen as like oh it only affects like a certain group of people and like you know well yeah, and it's, it's I think it's a like has a lot to do with like stigma around mental yes. illness because like obviously calling her crazy and that like she's gone insane and stuff like is saying that there's something wrong with her mentally or whatever, but it's something wrong with that like only happens to bad people or but it's like, like you literally drove her to that point. Right. Like how can you make fun of her for like having a breakdown when you pushed her to the point of breaking right exactly and so we didn't have like a good intelligent conversation about mental health at that time of like she's probably had mental health problems her whole life and this is like the culmination of so much that it's like we don't know that or she didn't and they just like ruined her life right but I mean like I mean to kind of go back to the example we were talking about with like Melissa Joan Hart and stuff it's like she did not get to have what most people would assume a normal childhood like you know like Mm -hmm. and and say what you want like I'm I'm no mental health expert and I don't pretend to be one on tv but like or for the sake of this podcast so like don't take my opinion uh on that as as anything other than what it is but like it kind of had to have something to do with just like you know, like you saying, like the Ed McMahon example, like she didn't get to have like that childhood where, and, and unfortunately, most femme presenting people don't, where it's like you're treated as something other than just like a child at a young, very, a very young age. Like yeah. we, we literally just talked about how like a 70 something year old man thought it was appropriate on national television to ask this like young singer if she had a boyfriend, you know, like, yeah. And, and I, go on. I just, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I get what you're saying. Why I would say is that she maybe has had some mental health struggles for a long time or most for her life is because of how isolating her stardom has been. Um, yeah. And so when I say most of her life, I mean, because she's been, career. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because she's been quote unquote, a star since she was like 10 years old. Cause even right. as a kid, she was trotted out at County fairs and like, yep. you know, so like, that's why I say that is I'm sure there were a lot of self con con like self conscious she was yeah confidence there we go self-confidence issues and like yeah just a lot of stuff so that's why I say she may be like yeah no you're right issues her whole life but I will say that like 
in some ways, this is why like we all do. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not totally of the opinion that anybody doesn't have some mental health struggle. Cause like the example that you were just giving Sherrick of like Ed McMahon, like, yes, I did not have a, a, that experience on national television, but I can think of experiences where I was like sexualized way too early. And Correct. I think every woman has an experience of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, yeah, that experience is only really unique because it happened on national television. Correct. Um, and I think um, that that kind of speaks just to it. Cause I was like, you know, women yeah. go through that already, but the fact that like, she had to have that and then be judged off of that from like a like a, on a national stage at right. such a young age. Yeah. I was like, she had you know, millions if, and billions of people judging. Right. So I was like, if, if just, like your average and I'm yeah. just going to speak to, you know, your average American femme presenting person has to go with that. Like it's got to be exponentially more. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who's all, like has to add fame sure. on top of that shit sandwich, yeah. you know, like it's. Like not to like, you know, not comparing anyone's trauma because that gets nobody anywhere, but like no. it's gotta just be real, real hard yeah. for somebody who's already isol- feels isolated and feels like they don't get to have like the, cause like that's, I feel like that's like the, the common perspective that we see with a lot of celebrities is that they, that they're either like super into it or that they like wish to just be normal because they want, they, they feel like the, the grass is greener on the other side kind of situation mm-hmm. where they didn't get to scrape their knee or like play on the playground with their friends or go to a normal, mm-hmm. I'm using all sorts of air quotes, a normal school, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So like add that isolating feeling of like not being normal on top of being sexualized at a young age and stuff. And that's, in my opinion, that's a pretty heavy recipe for, uh, you know, some, yeah. some yeah. And also not Problem. knowing who you can trust or if you yes, have anyone you can trust, yes. including your own parents. Trust is yep. so important at a young age. It's so yeah. important. And I feel like, especially in America, it's so, right. it's like kids are so violated uh, from a very young age as far as trust is concerned. Like you're basically, mm-hmm. it's like that cliche of just like, well, if you live under my my house, you can't shut your door or you can't lock yeah. like this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, can you just show some trust in your own kid that they can just like give them that sense of privacy so they don't like right. fucking learn that this is like a weird thing, you know, years mm-hmm. down the line. Like, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think like the, it's pretty clear that one of the main reasons that she shaves her head is to try to like kind of desexualize herself and change herself enough that people will stop looking at her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like one of the people who's being interviewed he says like she just was trying to tell people like that person that you're is looking gone. For is gone and you have destroyed her yeah and I remember I wrote down I was like it's not really unlike the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now right so like yeah. Brittany went through this Taylor also went through it many artists do Taylor did a lot had a lot you know more positive experience of turning that around into like an identity mm-hmm. and like creating an album or whatever mm-hmm not to not to say that like Taylor didn't go through it as well because she did Mm -hmm. um but it's just it's so interesting it's just like you know we push these people and then Mm -hmm. like well you're not like you used to be and it's like you push this person Mm -hmm. until like they are forever changed and then you're just like well where's the old Britney where's the old Taylor you know right but then when you make two albums in a row that are similar they're like well you're not evolving correct yeah anyway should um, we talk about blackout yes okay so somewhere in this time 
I don't know exactly like when I don't know how she was recording an album while she was going through all this it makes no sense but somehow she was yeah so blackout comes out like only a few months after this happens right yeah like yeah and I feel like I feel like blackout is a very polarizing album for the Britney fan base really well because I feel like because of this like because it came out in this and in the middle of all of this that like the media often like disregards it like they t- completely didn't talk about it at all they in the really documentary talk about any of her albums well but then yeah that's true they, they didn't did really talk, talk circus, a lot about right. they did talk albums about um but the yeah circus as like her comeback after all this shit had happened I feel like when blackout came out it was sort of like talked about as though like this is going to be her comeback because it came out after all of this shit happened but then it, it wasn't, wasn't a comeback because it was so dark because it was so dark so yeah like I just thought that was interesting that they didn't talk about it because it's it like the fact that it came out and was recorded like during all of this is just so obvious to me when I listen to it yeah it's it's actually makes me feel like kind of sad and guilty it probably is my favorite Britney album, but I sort of feel guilty for loving it in a way uh-huh. um, because of how badly she's hurting in that album. Uh-huh. Um, but it's truly brilliant because like, I mean, just piece of me in general, like as a yes. song yes. is so clearly about like everyone literally wanting a piece of Britney. And it's uh-huh. just... Uh-huh what does an artist do to say like please stop but like release a song that's like please leave me alone yeah right <laughs> and then they still don't leave I hope that it was like somewhat helpful for yeah. her to channel that pain into I something so. creative but yeah I I get what you mean I feel bad about it too because I really love that album also it's such a great album but yeah. I mean unfortunately like you know that's why like things like heartbreak are good music as well because Mm -hmm. like pain is just good music unfortunately it's just that this is a very specific type of pain and it's Mm -hmm. not unlike um michael jackson like scream it's not unlike that like it's like literally like about i can't take it anymore you know yeah um yeah and you know taylor obviously has reputation which is a similar not the same Mm. type of album but it has that it has a similar vibe and it also makes me think of kelly clarkson's my december a little bit oh sure um because that's also a dark album with a lot of pain in it and they didn't want to release it um because it was just not really on brand for her yeah okay let's see we talked about the umbrella incident Oh, one thing that I, like, was truly disgusted by this paparazzi guy is he said, yeah, that was not a good night for her. It was a good night for us, though, because that was a money shot. So it's like, after all of this, after she's, like, beating your car with an umbrella saying, leave me the fuck alone, Mm -hmm. you make bank off her pain. Yep. Like, that's what you do. You know Mm -hmm. she's not okay. You know that you're filming her when she doesn't want to be filmed. You're asked repeatedly to leave her alone. Mm-hmm. and she does this and you're pissed about it like it's clear in the video of him being like look what she did in my car you know he's like pissed about it but then he makes he doesn't say the number but he probably made over a million dollars on that shot oh yeah I was say how like you can pretend to be mad but you probably bought a new car with the money that it's you just like, yeah and when they show the damage she did to his car it's just like a few small dents i mean she hit it's it with whatever. an umbrella 
right? And he's so pissed off and it's like, okay. It's just like, you know, when you're like pushing someone, pushing them like mentally and then they get mad and you're like, whoa. You know, it's like that type of thing where it's just (laughs) like, yep. what did you expect? Right? You expected her to toe the line because that's what she's done for a decade. Correct. Yeah. That's correct. All right. Then Sam Lutvi comes in. Here comes another man to prey on Brittany. Yeah. Um, to prey on her pain, to prey on where she's at, on her lack of trust for everyone. And, you know, we don't know a ton about him, but it's pretty clear that he was there to take advantage of her and her money. Because he, again, um, was also a star, like, hopper. Yeah. Like, but in terms of trying to be, like, confidant and manager and agent and stuff yep. for different stars. Yeah. They're showing, like, all these people, like, male it was pretty clear that it was mainly men talk show hosts like how she's the butt of the joke like ridiculing her how it was like you know yep it was their like thing to talk about at the top of their show like oh here's what she did next you know and it's just like clearly all of these generally men like ridiculing her and then making decisions for her in her personal life as well like Mm -hmm. just more and more men making decisions for her Mm -hmm. so in swoops jamie spears where the fuck has he been yep for the last i don't know 10 to 15 years like or her whole life basically literally not around at all yep he's not involved in her career the only thing he's involved in is at the very beginning when he's like well if i'm gonna spend all this money on these lessons like she better make money off of it yeah and then he just sits back and lets her make money daughter make money but be you know sexualized destroyed by the media like absolutely just picked apart and then he swoops in like he's some fucking savior who's here to save his daughter and I remember this time like hearing interviews of him being like I'm here to like get my daughter back and at the time like I it's hard for me to separate how I felt at the time versus now I think I did think like oh that's good like someone's helping yeah yeah yeah, because like he, it's he, so gross because it's like you you get so excited and happy for someone to finally be on her side that you don't see the fact that he's the one that threw her into that pit taking, in the first fucking place. Yeah. And that he was not there to help her. Right. No. Um, yeah, because he petitions the court to be her conservator, which as they explain in this documentary, a conservatorship is generally used for somebody elderly who like can no longer make decisions for themselves. Um, and so need somebody to make medical decisions for them and make financial decisions for them. Cause there's basically like two different kinds. Like there's being a conservator of you as a person and your finances. And she um, has both. And she is both. Yeah. Although he's no longer right. Or it was temporary. I don't know. At one point in the documentary, it they said something about confusing. like that, like he was taken off of her conservator as her conservator of her person. Right. But they don't really say that like she's free of that part. So did they put someone else on? I know. Like, I'm not clear. On I'm it. not clear on that either. But yeah. So like making her medical decisions, making all of her financial decisions. And like, as I'm watching this go down, like at the time and in the documentary of like all this stuff her custody battle and her mental health issues and like all this stuff I'm like okay yeah it makes sense to me that like maybe somebody else should like run the Britney Corp yeah absolutely. or whatever like the financial part and like run the business while she can like concentrate on her personal life and like herself and her health and like all these things like that made sense to me but 
the fact that it's her dad who was never around. And that there's multiple people being interviewed in this documentary saying she did not want her dad. To yeah. Be the like there are so many sources. She had other that. suggestions of yeah. like different financial institutions and banks that she was like, let's do this. She mm-hmm. did not want her She was dad. like, no, I don't feel like I can fight the conservatorship, but I don't want it to be my dad. Correct. Like over and over wanted. and over again. And then um, the courts were just like, well, no. Yes, your dad is responsible for your entire life for the yeah. rest of your life and, as a fucking adult. And we were talking about this too, that like often, often in legal battles or whatever, often next of kin, so to speak, are preferred over anybody else. Like often with like foster kids or adoption, like the courts tend to want to do reunification before like something and so or like they want they just yeah it seems like courts often prefer to do that which is just like so fucked up because it's like that's not always the best thing for the person no not everyone has a good relationship with their family right so when sometimes sometimes you are re-traumatizing them right exactly I, I, I feel like that's a big part of it. It was like, well, her dad can take care of her better than some random faceless bank can. Can he though? Right. Yeah. Or is he making millions of dollars right. being her conservator? Right. And that's millions the thing is that he's millions. made so much money on this and she has to ask permission to do basically anything. And then he'll come on and he'll talk about how like, well, she goes on vacation. She does this and she does that. And it's like, yeah, you let her do those things so that it looks like you've given her some freedom. So that it, like you like, can say that. It's like saying like, well, you know, I, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know how to, I don't have a good metaphor for it, but it's like, well, I let her play sometimes. Like, it's like treating mm-hmm. her like a child. Like, well, mm-hmm. she gets to go on recess. And it's like, mm-hmm. but she's an adult. And, right. like, you're controlling her every move. Right. It's just, yeah. Right. And that, and yeah. And then in recent, in the last couple of years, she has said, like, I don't want to perform again. And what with my dad still as my yep. conservator. She's, re- she's currently in a state of refusing to perform while her dad is still her conservator. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a part where these people read from the actual legal document and it says this conservatorship should be viewed as a hybrid business model so like even in the court they are straight up admitting that like Brittany is a business and not a person but yep. yet they're still having someone be a conservator her as a person and yep. so it's like which is it? Is she a business or a person? Like, mm-hmm. if you have someone being a conservator over the finances, then that is a business. But then why are you having her controlled as a person? Mm-hmm. It just... Well, and also to say, like, this is... This should be... Like, it's basically saying, like, other other people should consider using this as a business model. Yeah, I agree. And I it's just, agree. like, that's really gross. It's truly disturbing. Um, um, and they... Yeah, and they talked to this lawyer... And who has dealt with conservatorship cases and they asked if she's ever seen anybody get out of a conservatorship and she said no. She said no I've seen people try I've never seen someone successfully get out of their conservatorship. And I think too because it's often elderly people they die before they get out of it which is like maybe fine because like they probably wouldn't have be able to 
make those choices for themselves ever again but it's just um, so sad because like she went through a really hard time in her life yeah mentally and she needed some help but now she is trapped in this yep well and and that won't even let her try yeah that was the other thing that was gross too is that this lawyer that was like talking about this she's like talking about this and how like she was a part of her case yeah so she can't like at one point she says something about how like so I can't talk about it but I can talk in hypotheticals right and it was like it was so gross and then at one point they talk to her and then uh, a blank screen comes up and the words come up and it says that she after the interview had rejoined Jamie's legal team yep yep and I was um, like that is disgusting like you were so yep. gross um and then yeah they talked to this other lawyer that she's making money had. too there's a lot of people making money in this oh situation. yeah for sure and the they, fact that Brittany is paying for all of it like, right and she's that's paying the for her own lawyers and she's paying for she's Jamie's for lawyers. lawyers she's paying for all sides and so there right. is no third party isn't no. that wild that like she's paying for both her own defense and the people who are like yes fighting yep. to and that they talk about that like, there is no neutral con- third party because everyone it's is all a conflict money. of interest. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And there's a there's a lawyer that is supposed to be her lawyer and gets fired by the judge. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because he talks about like he was told there's a report, but he's not allowed to see it. And then he's released as her counsel. Yeah. Like he she against her. She wishes. met with him to see if he could be her lawyer. And he seemed good, like at least based I mean, on what we don't we know. Say. Like, yeah, but like he seemed to care at least and be on her side somewhat. And then he was kind of like, I didn't see the reason why she needed to be under this, and like she seemed to be able to make her own decisions and like right. She's all this and stuff. a lot of people say like she's healthy enough to work right day in and day out. Yeah, you know, um, but she's not healthy enough to make right. Like that should then. be exhibit A through Z. The fact that she's like healthy enough to like do these performances and and like make the decisions to do them like she's not struggling to do them in that regard so like why the fuck are you saying that she can do that but she also can't like handle her own yeah you know at this point like yeah it's the fact that a judge can fire the counsel that you have chosen to represent yourself Mm-hmm. and be like no you don't get that person like well, that because what it is you. is that the other side presented this medical report that it says that like she's not competent it. to yeah. choose her own defense is basically which is what like is. truly disturbing so if you're going to court to find out if you need a conservatorship or not then you're you're already making the decision before even having this i don't think it's a trial but whatever hearing whatever you're making mm-hmm. that decision for her by taking her own legal counsel away yeah. So like, yeah, they say they had this medical report that says that she's not like competent enough to choose her own counsel. So they dismiss him and appoint somebody for her. It's just like, and nobody's ever seen dis- this report from, from right. her doctors. Quote it's unquote. just like, you're taking her decision away before you've even like heard her side. Yep. Yeah. So. It's the whole thing is just so gross. And just like another example of how our justice system and our court system is like really fucked up because <laughs> it's supposed to be like you know neutral right like right. it's supposed to be like your side your side and then someone makes a decision and it's just like okay it wasn't neutral going in though well right and it's also supposed to be like innocent till proven guilty and like she was not like given the benefit of the doubt before proven to be incompetent correct correct i agree so 
yeah yeah so basically that's where this sort of culminates is these court battles and all these people all these fans like hashtag free britney and um you know there's like a little bit about britney's social media presence because she has a very weird social media presence particularly on instagram and people are like are there coded messages in this and do you um, think there really are I don't necessarily think there are coded messages in them, but I do think that like she has figured out a way to like sort of express herself in a way that is that her people approve of. If that makes sense. Like I sure. like I think like I don't think she's like coding things or whatever. Um, that you have to decipher but I do think that like because like they show this picture of of a of like a hole in a rock yeah um and she says something about how like there's always a way out or something and like that feels very like oh she's trapped she's trying to say that like she needs a way out or something like that like I do think that there is maybe a little bit of truth to that but she has like picked a picture and a caption that like her people whoever says yeah you can post that if if there is if there is at least in my opinion as someone who like is a big fan of puzzles and also used to run an escape room if there's any truth whatsoever to there being coded messages in her instagram and, and i'm no legal counsel but to me that's that's another just you know stick on the the thing of that she should she's capable of running her own life because if she is able to sneak this kind of shit past people like that to be like, Hey, listen, I know this looks fucking weird, but if you look deeper, I know that sounds weird, but like, yeah, no, if, she's if you look smart deeper enough, into this shit, if she's smart enough and competent enough to like sneak do this that, shit in past her people, then, then she, yeah. she can run her own fucking life. Like, right. So I'm sorry. Yeah, if you, if you feel... turn your life into a fucking ARG for people to figure <laughs> out and tell people that like, you're actually fine, but you're trapped. Like yeah. that's, that's, that is a, that is a, the move of somebody who is very mentally right. sound in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And I think people have just taken it a little far. I like, think people yeah. feel like, well, that's what happens well, she's with talking anything, about yellow you know? and like everyone knows her favorite colors yellow. Like I'm just making this up, but like, yeah. And then she has like a it's yellow a sunflower emoji on this picture, and like people are just right. getting like a little intense with it. Well, of course, babe. Like right. you but, know, like to to yeah. not to lock you out of a convo for a little bit, Amelia. But like we have, there's a channel that Steph and I watch religiously called like Game Theory, which is is branched into food theory, where it's like th- they're theories, you know, like and mm-hmm. people are always gonna run wild with theories, like mm-hmm. because y- you you want to be able to be like, hey, listen, like. Unfortunately, not to take this in a, a we- uh, even weirder direction, but it's like conspiracy theories, like conspiracy yeah, theories, right. because right. like at, at the end of the day, if you believe in a conspiracy theory and it turns out to be right, you are smarter than everyone who dismissed you in theory. You're just smarter. You're smarter than everyone who dismissed you and that theory. You know what I mean? Like if you're just like, hey, actually, you know, the the I'm trying to make some shit up on the fly, like there was a theory about Twinkies and how they were like, they were, they were uh, discontinued on this exact day. And that was like a cry for help from the hostess company. And then like, we were able to figure out like a way to get them back. Like Mm -hmm. if you believe in that shit and you're right, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's a victory for you. You know, like, I also think too, that like, and not to bring it back to Taylor Swift, but like Taylor intentionally does put Easter eggs into stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, when she just re-released Love Story, Taylor's version, 
the liner notes have like capital letters in random places and if you spell it out it says april 9th which is when the new album is coming out because she re-recorded that whole album because she's re-recording all of her old stuff so that she Mm -hmm. owns it blah 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 whatever anyway so the point is is that like she intentionally does stuff like that and so and has for most of her career and sometimes I do like I don't follow that stuff a ton so like I'm not like searching out those easter eggs or whatever I didn't go through the liner notes and spell out those words I read it somewhere else and like so I'm just like sort of aware of some of it but like she's been doing it for most of her career and people have gotten used to that and so I think sometimes we like expect other easter eggs in other things or other like coded messages and other things and yeah I don't necessarily think it's like to that degree um or like in the documentary they show these two women who do a podcast about her Instagram and like they talked about how like she came back with this post and it had a smiley face emoticon and she never uses emoticons. She only ever uses emojis. And what does that mean? And I'm like, nothing. It probably means nothing. Maybe it means something, maybe, but it probably means nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, so I do think that, I do think that it is a little overblown, but I do think that like, partly the reason her Instagram is so strange is because it's so tightly controlled as to what she's able to post. So she's just yeah. like, okay, you, you'll let me post videos of me dancing. So I guess I'll do that. Like, I don't know. And yep. I do think that there are some like, I'm going to figure out a way to express my pain in a way that seems comfortable and okay and allowed. Yep. So, so I absolutely believe that she does not want to be in this conservatorship yeah um because it it's even in the legal documents right like it's right so if you don't believe in any of the conspiracy whatever or the instagram like in the actual legal documents about mm-hmm. her conservatorship like it is in there it is in there like, that she, she does not want it. this she does mm-hmm. not want jamie in charge of her life mm-hmm. like so yeah and like so. they they trotted out her older brother brian which oh, like has he ever been in anything like i feel like he's never in like who is this man's like right <laughs> i've like, never even heard that she had right. older brother like, I mean, everybody there was a knows, picture of her in like a people magazine with like, him, like everybody knows the parents everybody knows jamie lynn but like and some people know that she has an older brother but i feel like he never is publicly in anything i never knew that shit at all yeah he like recently last year or whatever was on a radio interview and talks about how like he doesn't understand the free Britney movement and like all this oh, shit, so which is like all I knew about it. And then they showed more of it on the documentary where he says like, well, yeah, she's always wanted out of the conservatorship. Yeah. He says that like, like oh, well, duh. Yeah. Like but he also says something about like, oh, well, the women in my family, like they are really like strong and powerful and like want to have their way and like their own, like he says something about like, mm-hmm you know, they have, they want what they want. And then the radio guys, like, you mean like, that sounds constitutional, like yeah, <laughs> wanting your own life and desires, you know? Yeah. The way that and he's says- kind of taken aback and he's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean like, of course, but you can tell yeah. like that misogyny is in that family. Oh yeah, for like, sure. Well, and yeah, he doesn't like, get talk to do about that. How these women like, are strong-willed and opinionated and stuff, but at the same time, as a negative, they talk about it as a negative. Well, yeah, they talk about it as a negative, but also at the same time, like Britney's in this conservatorship and like 
Jamie Lynn was in the public eye. She was on a TV show and like um, the mom is still like a part of it. And I just, I, and if to me, it feels like when you watch all this stuff, the fact that like Jamie is doing this conservatorship stuff, it's not Jamie and Lynn doing it. It's just Jamie. And it's like, don't you think that her mother would like maybe have more insight into what's good for Britney? Cause she was around more, but it doesn't even seem like she's tried that much to like be part of the decisions or be part of it. It said something about at one point that they wanted, she did want more decision-making power or something like that. Yeah. But I don't know. There's just something very, to me, there's just something a very like kept woman about Lynn Spears to me. Oh yeah. And I think that to be honest with you, like I think that was apparent from the beginning. Yeah. Like even in my memory of like seeing interviews about the family and stuff, like it was I could see it even then. Yeah. So and yeah, I was there's like a little like, child. So yeah. So like <laughs> even though these women are like strong willed and opinionated and whatever they still don't get their way all the time. Like the men say that they do, but they clearly don't because Mm -hmm. they've got them sort of under their finger. Yeah, it's gross. It's just gross. And I, hashtag free Britney. (laughs) There's a line at the end of the movie that I really liked where one of the reporters just says, you know, he goes on, but he just says it's impossible to know her. And I think that that's really interesting because it's mm-hmm. like, she isn't who she used to be, but like that person's still in there. Mm-hmm. But she also isn't like, you know, completely like this crazy person. Mm-hmm. Who is she? Like at this point, yeah. like, does anyone really know? Like, is there no. anyone no. close enough Who's to her boyfriend? to know her for real? <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And like, yeah, she still doesn't have really much custody of her kids they live with Kevin all the time and she sees them occasionally but not that much I yeah I worry for them as well there's no way for them them to not be affected by this right it's just impossible so yeah I will say that like they aren't in the public eye that much mainly in regards to her of course um and when things happen to her but I don't know. I don't feel like they're as there's like I don't know out there as some celebrity kids. Yeah, no, um, I think that's true. But I just think like, but yeah, I'm sure this is not easy for them either. No, and yeah, because behind all of this, like when all this was happening very publicly, there were like mm-hmm. they were children, you know. Oh yeah, going through this, and you know whether they were yeah. aware of the public. Yeah, you know, view on it or not, like they still went through all of that. So, yeah. Well, now that we've talked eighty-seven hours about this, <laughs> I think. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, there's there's way we covered for for the, the amount of time that we talked, we covered a ton of information about Brittany. But that being said, if you have any thoughts, comments, concerns. Um, emotional upsets of your own about Britney Spears or the, you know, what, what's the documentary called? Framing Britney Spears. Thank you. I didn't want to say Becoming Britney, but that was like the thing that came to my head. Um, Framing Britney Spears documentary. Uh, you know how to contact us. And if you don't, it is A-S-W-A-Y-D-P-O-D 
on uh, the Twitter. You can also message us via Instagram. If you add a at gmail.com there and put it into your uh, browser du jour um, or your email client du jour, I should say, um, you can send us email thoughts. So if you don't really uh, use social media, but you want us to talk about uh, what your thoughts are, please do. We will read them on the air. And if you tell us not to tell uh, say who you are, we will leave you anonymous. So there's that. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to this conversation, believe it or not, uh, because like I really, you know, know that you two have a lot of thoughts about it. And I learned a fair amount about Brittany, for instance, like the fact that she has an older brother, uh, you know, but I, I, I did know that, like, obviously, this is a big deal because it's been a big legal battle. And I, I, I did know a little bit about it, like when y'all went to see Brittany and such. But uh, I, I'm really grateful for the the uh, opportunity to learn a little bit about your thoughts about one of your favorite um, stars. So that was great. Um, I will co-sign the free Britney situation. Cause to me, uh, there's nothing but evidence to suggest that she is sane enough to run her own shit. Uh, and so the fact that her dad is involved in the fact that she's essentially paying for her dad to fight, to stay <laughs> involved and, and as a part of her, uh, of her conservatorship is crazy to me, but there is that. Um, so we'll get into maybe lighter notes by saying I didn't make up a theme song for her, but this is Amelia. What the fuck is this? And Stephanie edition also. <laughs> so this is the part of the episode where I find something um, ridiculous, wild, awesome on the Internet. And I show it to to Amelia and uh, Stephanie in this case without any context. So when you are ready, go ahead and click away. Wow. <laughs> the music is so dramatic. Yeah, it really is. Um, okay. This is like a really like kind of a nice note after the Britney documentary because yeah. what I see in this is like support. Yes. Okay, Literally. so to describe describe what's happening is that it's this guy who picks up two like dumbbells and goes to sit on a bench and another guy like swoops like in, in a gym down. yeah in a gym sits down before he, he can get there and then he turns around to do it again and the same thing happens and so now there's nowhere for him to to sit and do his i don't know what the fuck reps whatever sure. and a dude shows up and is like makes a motion and he just like squats down basically and the guy sits in his lap so that he can like do his bicep curls or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, at first I thought like, I was like, oh shit, what's going to happen? Like I thought there was going to be some sort of fight or like some sort of like get out of my way or I was expecting some like real toxic masculinity shit. And instead it's a guy supporting another guy and I'm into it. Just I'm into it other. too. Just support each other. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so that that particular uh, WTF for the week comes from uh, dudes posting W's um, on Twitter, who they have of course compiled their information. And I just, I will I will um, credit the person whose TikTok it is um, on our Instagram and Twitter pages when it goes up. Uh, when you are uh, listening to this, um, but I will say this: not all of their. Uh, <laughs> Not all of their uh, their content posts are as wholesome and as nice as that. 
some of them are a bit more like I'm a man so I win because I made a girl feel bad about herself and it's like oh okay so but that one that one was uh pretty good where I thought like that you know it was it was very amusing to me how and also very impressive for that guy to just be like I'm just gonna fucking sit in this position and not only can I support your weight but I can support your weight while you are literally working out Mm -hmm. so yeah for real and the other dudes are just like what the fuck yeah yeah I like it it's good I couldn't I couldn't maintain that position by myself much less oh no not at all much less with (laughs) with a dude (laughs) working out on my lap like no sorry yeah there's nothing like he's not even doing a wall sit or anything so Mm -hmm. like he doesn't there's nothing to support him other than his own his own feet (laughs) that is impressive for sure it's very impressive now watch we find out like from somebody like oh he had like an invisible thing like supporting under him somewhere like but whatever we take all this stuff at face value okay Yep, yep, yep. There were other ones that were contenders for it, but I thought that one was the best one. So yeah. there is that. Um, Steph, do you have anything you want to promote or, or um, throw out there if people want to find you on the internet? Do you care? Do you not want people to find you on the internet? I like, mean, you can look at my Twitter if you want. Like, I mostly retweet things. Um, it's at Stephsco. So, yep. So that's mainly S-T-E-F-F-S-K-O. Yeah. Mainly, I want to promote your show. Do you want to like <laughs> talk about the? Maybe you should put the link in the. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I meant to do that last week. The link to the show, so, so people can go it. and see it. I will probably yeah. add it to last week's post and also this week's post. So yeah, the link yeah. will be in the description. So there's that. Um. Yeah. Uh. You can find Amelia at Shake Meets World, uh, like milkshake without the milk part and it's world and i am a is in the letter black is in the color sparrows in the bird at gmail.com actually don't email me there because i won't see it um say what i mean i do own that email address that is true oh, i do okay. own that email address uh but don't email me there because i won't see it because uh that was like my spam account from like mm-hmm. forever ago yeah so um but uh, i am a black sparrow on the twitter the tiktok the instagram um and twitch.tv and uh if you want to look at merch including some there is uh some some aswayd merch live on my uh designed by human store and more merch we promise is coming i'm still working on it so yeah. there is that um so, yeah all right yeah well thanks, thanks for, for listening mm-hmm. <laughs> we appreciate you a lot as we just continue to talk over each other that's what this show is um <laughs> So with that, I've been Amelia. I've been Sherrick, and sometimes you're 10 years old and you sleep oversleep, and then you try to go to the professor and he ain't got a Pokemon for you, but this one Pokemon that really misbehaves, and so you have to take that one, and then he tries to shock you, so you gotta wear rubber gloves and tie him up and, in a weird way, and you drag him behind you, and he doesn't care about you, and you have to pretend to care about him, and then you're like, I, you stand in the way of being my Pokemon master, so then yeah, you have to defend him, and you steal some little girl's bike, and she gets mad about it, and then Pikachu saves you from a flock of Spiro, and then Pikachu shocks you and the bike, and then the girl gets really upset because her bike got destroyed. And then you try to take her, and that's how you start your Pokemon journey. Bye, bye.